2015 was the year of mega healthcare breaches. So what are the key lessons that the healthcare sector can learn from these breaches for 2016 and beyond? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Chris Bowen, Chief Privacy and Security Officer and founder of security firm Clear Data. Chris will be discussing some of the root causes behind some of the largest health data breaches that we saw in 2015 and how organizations can bolster their protection against these kinds of incidents in the year ahead. So now, Chris, we saw some very huge cyber attacks on the healthcare sector in 2015. What would you say are some of the root causes behind these breaches? Uh, thanks, Marianne. I, I think to, to accurately answer that question, I, I have to k- kind of paint the backdrop of the fact the value of PHI continues to climb. It becomes more and more valuable to the bad guys. Lots and lots of detailed, personally identifiable information is prevalent within a healthcare record. Plus, if you look at the shelf life of a health record, it's much, much longer than, say, a financial record. So that gives the bad guys the ability to to be persistent about how they go about uh, making these big breaches happen. So if we look at some of the the bigger issues surrounding these breaches, I have to agree with some of the findings in the Verizon PHI data breach report, which is really physical theft due to a loss of a device. It, It may not make the headlines, but it's still one of the top ways that PHI can be breached. In other words, people are still lugging laptops around without encryption or they're not securing servers or workstations within their four walls. Specific areas of healthcare suffer this more than others. Uh, for example, dental uh, has a, a much higher rate of theft of, of servers within their premise than, say, a, a large hospital system. But then this kind of issue is followed by error or misuse, and this could include something like a misconfiguring a server or accidentally posting data to an online database. And sometimes you'll see test systems use real PHI, which we know can lead to an unintended exposure. But we also hear a lot about these sophisticated attacks, and, and few of which could have ever happened uh, without someone giving up the keys to the front door, for example, or, or failing to patch a known vulnerability. So cyber attacks have really taken advantage of human weakness, via social engineering and malware attacks. Hackers are really going after the easiest targets first, and it's really less about stealing a database full of credentials, but more about stealing credentials one phishing email or keylogger at a time. And so, you know, we see healthcare under attack primarily because healthcare is a great target, and there's there's many reasons for that. Chris, based on what we've seen in some of these large cyber attacks in the healthcare sector, can you point to any specific areas of security where these breached entities might have been weak, areas where improvements are needed? Yeah, you bet. I I think if we talk about the weaknesses first, people are still the weakest link in cybersecurity. They, They give up credentials remarkably fast. Uh, And on the flip side of that, the bad guys are remarkably persistent. So well-meaning employees will still succumb to a tried-and-true social engineering tactic. They'll still give up personal information about themselves that can be used against them or their organization for a later attack. And, of course, we know that once a human is exploited, the technical controls can be really next to useless. We we also know that there's a a tremendous lack of visibility in some of these mega breaches where you had systems that may have been siloed, making it difficult to map all of the data flows and technologies to a system that can, can really help identify anomalous behavior inside a network. Sometimes a health system doesn't even know that they've had a breach. For some of the largest breaches, for example, this 
this rang incredibly true. Ponymon estimated 256 days for the average healthcare entity to discover a breach, and some say that's come down to 220 days or so. That's still nearly a year. And we also know that it's taking too long to remediate some known issues. Some of the mega breaches really saw this happen when they actually had detailed findings from audit reports and risk assessments well beforehand, but it took them too long to remediate those vulnerabilities, partly due because to the fact that they're busy. They're burdened with way too much to do when it comes to keeping their systems uh, performing for the patients, making sure that they have massive changes underway due to uh, meaningful use in ICD-10, just to name a few. Now, you asked me about where they could improve. Certainly, they need to understand that they're a target, and I think the healthcare industry is really waking up to that, but they really need to make security a part of the corporate strategy, not just part of the IT strategy. Uh, they need to implement a, a defense in-depth strategy, make security awareness education a key part of the program, and really make sure they know how to report and respond to these incidents. One of the biggest breaches that we saw was discovered by a person, not necessarily by a, a system or a, a security information event management system, a SIEM, if you will. So, you know, going to war for talent, I think, would be another area where, you know, some ways to improve could happen. I, I think healthcare tries to do too much with the staff they have, and their staff are really well positioned to help take care of patients and those systems, but helping to attract staff that can help better systematize and automate security can really help. Now, Chris, as you mentioned as well, besides cyber attacks in the healthcare sector, organizations also continue to struggle with breaches involving insiders, whether it's accidents or sometimes malicious sort of events. What are the biggest mistakes that you see organizations making in terms of preventing and detecting insider incidents? Well, it kind of goes back to that first point, which is error or misuse. Those are typically caused by the insiders, and uh, sometimes uh, you'll see an insider be recruited by an, a malicious outsider to help uh, steal patient records and things like that. I, I think to, to combat some of the, the insider breach potential, um, I think it's important that they also consider their vendors part of that insider pool of, of workforce, if you will. So, for example, the insider may have access to certain system. We know that from the target breach, for example, while not specifically healthcare, we know that they had a vendor uh, with an issue with uh, with credentials. Healthcare has the same kind of of problem. We understand that these folks who service the healthcare industry may not have a, a holistic security program either. And so really understanding system activities uh, that are going on within the network, helping to understand how the, the vendors are accessing data, and really looking at and reviewing what's going on within your environment can help you detect insider misuse uh, errors and things like that. And that goes back to the visibility issue as well, along with uh, the training. And, and I'd add one more thing, and that is training isn't just about security awareness. It's also about sanctions. It's about helping people understand that if they decide to become a, an insider that wants to misuse data or or ignore certain security policies, there could be ramifications to that, not only from the, a job perspective, but also from a legal perspective. Now, Chris, what about new or emerging threat vectors facing the healthcare sector? What do you see and what is most troubling to you? Well, I think what we're seeing from a new vector perspective is a lot of mobile is coming to the spotlight. We've seen this trend for the last few years where we can use 
a mobile device in an incredibly effective way uh, to enable healthcare to deliver amazing patient care. Uh, some of the greatest innovations happen that way. Unfortunately, what we've seen is at times the, the mobile device has been enabled with this great software without necessarily considering the entire ecosystem from a hardening perspective. You may be, as a software manufacturer, you may be storing logs on the device that could give away certain personally identifiable information for a patient. You may be incorporating data flows inside and outside of that application that may not be hardened. For example, if I'm using a back-end set of servers, one server that may have the, the PHI in place should never have that in a spot where it's publicly accessible on the web. And we see mistakes like that happen within the ecosystem of, of mobile quite a bit. The other thing we see is we continue to see new entrants into the healthcare market, and sometimes that's a great thing, and sometimes it's shocking how lax the security can be, even from security vendors who claim to uh, really embrace uh, security in-depth strategies. So now looking ahead, what sorts of health data breach trends do you expect we'll see in 2016? Will the sector get any better at defending against cyber attacks or detecting breaches for that matter? I think yes and no. I think, unfortunately, in many respects, 2016 will, will be similar to 2015. You'll see users still clicking on malicious links in their emails, uh, you'll still see them visiting websites that may have drive-by attacks, for example. You'll still see IT uh, being not so good at patching in their environment. Sometimes you'll see the, the change management issues that misconfigure certain devices that leak data. And so you'll see some of the tide of that misery continue from a breach perspective. However, what we will predict is that healthcare organizations will begin to move more critical applications and infrastructure to the cloud. They'll start to use cloud vendors, those that understand healthcare, in a way that can help them bolster their own security and use the cloud in a way that leverages what cloud vendors can really economize from an economy of scale from a security perspective. You'll also see, like we just talked about, mobile devices become the next best vector into the healthcare network. You're starting to see that anyway. It's going to continue, I predict. But really, the only way to, to be... Uh, ahead of this is to employ a, a security-first strategy, make sure that you're doing your vendor diligence, make sure you're implementing a, a defense-in-depth strategy that considers every layer of security. And finally, Chris, what is the most important lesson that the healthcare sector should learn from everything that happened in 2015 when it comes to cybersecurity? I think there's three lessons, really. Well, number one is you can also have this happen to you. Lots of folks may not understand that they've been in the crosshairs for a while. Maybe they've already been breached. Uh, I think the next lesson is that uh, having visibility into your networks is a great way for you to help understand emerging threats and threats that are happening real time. And then I think the third lesson is is really to, to understand the ecosystem of technologies and partners that can help you along in that journey using, for example, like we just talked about, a, a cloud vendor who can uh, help you share that journey of, of security and compliance. So I think those three lessons can really help us move forward in, in a way that's, that's meaningful in 2016. Thanks, Chris. I've been speaking to Chris Bowen. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.